Well, Andrew had been uh, drawing a lot of coverage over the top, and uh, Coach Gay called four verts, which, I mean, I was excited. I, I knew we were going to take a shot to the end zone, and uh, they had an outside linebacker uh, kind of shaded over the inside, and he, he flew in, and uh, I kind of cut it back in, and obviously ball got to me, and uh, I didn't really expect me to – or for me to get the ball just because, you know, like my odds, obviously I have a 25% chance of getting the ball, but I mean, I was, I was ready to get the ball and uh, obviously it came to me, but I would have been comfortable with anybody doing it. Howdy and welcome back to the YO Sports Podcast. I am your host, David Graff. Joined alongside me is my co-host, as always, Robert Munoz. Really happy to be back with you again this week. We've got maybe some Mountain West Conference football on the horizon, or so it seems. So we'll talk about the reports surrounding a potential return for the Mountain West this fall. No no spring football, no miserable winter football in Laramie, maybe. We'll see. So... We'll talk about that. We'll talk about some impressive performances from University of Wyoming alums in the NFL this past weekend. And then it was a heartbreaker for the Broncos. Really don't know how you managed to lose that one. We'll talk to Robert about that one as well. I know he has plenty of thoughts, probably questioning like I am. Why does Vic Fangio think you get to take the timeouts with you? Makes no sense to me. So we'll get to that. And then we are going to interview Brock Storbo, a tight end from Cheyenne Central. He's a senior on this year's team, so it's his final hurrah in the state of Wyoming. He's having a good year. So we really appreciated the opportunity to catch up with him. So we'll share all that. But first, Robert, how's it going today? Going well, David. It's going well. Glad to be on here with you again. Glad to see you again. Sorry we missed last week, but uh, excited to excited to talk with you again, man. Yeah, last week we got some wires crossed with both Robert and myself and potential guests. So better to just regroup, get back to it, and get it going again this week. So we're really happy to be talking with you again. And we also have some news for you to talk about. So... So Brett McMurphy tweeted out Thursday morning, September 17th, Mountain West aggressively exploring options to play eight-game fall season, culminating with December 19th Mountain West title game, sources told Stadium, where McMurphy works. This would allow league to be eligible for New Year's Six Bowls. Not all schools might play with Hawaii, Fresno, and Air Force being the biggest unknowns for a full season. Pretty insane. I mean, an eight-game season, that's basically conference only. That's essentially what was going to be played, aside from a few non-conference games for schools before the Mountain West just put the kibosh on the whole thing. It's exciting news, though, because... Like we talked about all summer, we think Wyoming has a really good team and could compete in this year's Mountain West Conference. It would affect 
the schedule if Hawaii doesn't play because Hawaii is was originally on Wyoming's schedule. So I don't know how that would all shake out. It would be certainly interesting. Robert, what did what do you make of this? Yeah, like you said, David, it'll certainly be interesting. I mean, we'll have to wait and see how the schedule aligns with everything. It sucks. Some of those games, especially that Utah game, uh, is gone, but we just we just need to be thankful for some football now, right? I mean, hopefully, I know, what do they say, around December 19th would be the Mountain West Championship. Hopefully that all works out. Maybe the Pokes can make it all the way. Hopefully there's are some bowl games. I know postseason play hasn't – that's way – that's too far to even talk about right now. But it's pretty interesting. I know they obviously want to follow suit. We see the Big Ten doing what they're doing. Some of these other conferences are really trying to push forward. And, I mean, I don't know. It's not really looking too good for those California schools, is it? Yeah, this news in the Mountain West comes on the heels of Donald Trump pulling the Big Ten out of the grave, pulled the football season out of nowhere. I don't know how much credit he deserves, but the Big Ten is coming back. There will be a football season this fall for them, and the Pac-12 as well is apparently trying to figure out all the logistics. USC and UCLA really pushing hard to play for a season this year, this fall. The Mountain West, of course, canceled their season after those two conferences had announced their cancellations as well. So it would be a lot of egg on their face if they couldn't get it up and running. I know there are all sorts of testing deals and figuring out how to get rapid tests and get all of the things that you need in place. But it seems like there's a really strong possibility. Obviously in college, there have been some cancellations across the board so far this season, lots of COVID issues to deal with, but not really all that unexpected. You knew that there would be hassles and things to play through this year for the schools that got going. So It'll be interesting. The schools that are potentially not going to play, according to McMurphy, Hawaii, they've had strict quarantine measures. I'm sure somebody has told you, can't go to Hawaii. Once you step foot on the tarmac or whatever, you got to quarantine for 14 straight days, which is crazy. So I can see where that might be an issue for visiting schools or Hawaii going anywhere. Fresno State, California is on fire. COVID is still a thing. And Air Force, uh, they got clearance to play the other military schools from the Pentagon, but I don't know why they wouldn't be willing to go if the conference was willing to give it a full season. Yeah, and a lot of financial implications coming out of this as well. I mean, some of these schools are, and some of these conferences have a lot more money are able to they're able to pay for everything that's coming through with the testing and everything of that nature so um yeah yeah david let's just hope it gets up and running that's all we can hope for at this point that's all we can hope for wyoming and the athletes did everything that they could to be in this position to play there were no positive tests when athletes returned to campus 
it would be awesome to see these guys get back out on the field, even if it's just for an eight-game conference slate with the potential carrot of a Mountain West Conference championship game on December 19th. I know I'd be excited. I'd be over the moon to see Wyoming kick off, even if there are no fans or some fans or whatever the, the case may be. I just want to see the Pokes get out there and play football and see how Craig Bowl is going to replace Cooper Roth. Yeah, uh looked like Cooper Roth should have been kicking for the Titans on Monday night. Goskowski, I don't know what was going on there, and the Broncos still lost. Yeah, maybe maybe they could have gotten him on the bus down from wherever he's living in Colorado currently to get over to Mile High. I we'll get to the Broncos game time. later. We'll get to the Broncos game later, but certainly could have used Cooper Roth in in Denver if you were a Titans fan, and the Broncos could have used a coach maybe that calls timeouts. I don't know. We'll, we'll talk about that later. What do you think if Wyoming gets the ball rolling, the Mountain West gets the ball rolling, what do you think you can expect from an eight-game season? I know it was a major emotional letdown for the Mountain West Conference players, and you didn't see them as active on social media and things like that, campaigning to play like there were athletes in the Big Ten and the Pac-12. So where where do you think Wyoming's athletes' heads are at? I think their heads are definitely in the right place. I mean, I don't, I don't know why they wouldn't be. They're just anxious to play. That might even make them come out and play better. I don't know. But in terms of how they how this how well they'll play this season i mean we'll kind of have to look at who are they going to play and where are they going to play at so it's going to be interesting to see are they going maybe they will they play csu twice weren't they talking about that earlier yeah maybe there are just four home and homes for eight conference games i don't know what the plan is i don't even think athletic directors or the mountain west really has a plan i think they just probably wanted to get this news out there because they didn't want to be the last ones. It would certainly be a boon if they could beat the Pac-12 back to playing football or getting the announcement out there because the Big Ten has had this in motion for weeks. They've been the ones who are like, we are going to get back to playing. Okay, we They haven't outwardly said that they screwed it up from the get-go, but they screwed it up from the get-go, and now here they are trying to do everything they can to rectify this situation, and the Mountain West should be doing the exact same. They didn't kick the can. <laughs> when we talked with Michael Katz initially, had our little football group therapy session, they should have just kept kicking the can. And here we are in mid to late September. If they had just said, if they had just kept everything in place, it's frustrating. It's certainly frustrating. Now you've got to work so hard, so quickly to get everything back up and running. You don't know if Hawaii is going to be available to play. You don't know if Fresno State or San Diego State or San Jose State are going to be available to play. These are all decisions that probably could have been made. Mountain West Wire and their write-up about the news, Brett McMurphy's report, they raised that New Mexico has been pretty aggressive in their sanctions related to COVID-19. So I don't know 
if they'll be able to play or how that will impact them. But that would just leave, if you took away those five schools, that would leave Wyoming, Air Force, Colorado State, Utah State, Boise State, Nevada, and UNLV left in the conference. And apparently Air Force may or may not play, according to McMurphy's tweet, which seems bizarre given that they're going to play the service academies this fall. I just It all comes back to this was not handled well when it first happened. I'm excited to have it back, but again, like the Big Ten, I'm skeptical until they actually kick off a game. The SEC hasn't even started yet, and they're already running into issues. Big 12 looked awful. Sunbelt's best conference in college football this season. I I never thought I would say that in my entire life. The Mountain West, good for them. Until it actually happens, though, I'm skeptical. Skeptical times we're in right here. There's everything skeptical about everything right now. I mean, yeah, I don't know. But speaking of the talking about the Pokes, how about how about those Pokes and the Pros? How about those ones who uh, played well over the weekend, especially? you know, the ones playing in their first NFL game. Yeah, there were some impressive performances from University of Wyoming alums. Josh Allen did his thing. Killed the New York Jets with the Buffalo Bills. Logan Wilson had two tackles. He had some nice plays on special teams as well. And Dewey Wingert, the man, the myth, the legend, came up with his very first career NFL interception. And who did he pick off? None other than the king of clutch interceptions, Philip Rivers. Some stats for Josh Allen. He went 33 for 46. You thought he would never pass the ball 46 times in an NFL game. I know you did. He had 312 yards and two TDs, no picks. Then he added 14 for 14 carries for 57 yards on the ground and another touchdown. That's why fantasy football players love him everywhere. I know Robert has him on at least one of his teams, carrying his team. Yeah, he passed the ball 46 times. Did you expect him to complete 33 passes, though? And you know he's going to you know he's moving. Moving moving the ball with his feet, getting those rushing yards and making an impact on the ground game seems to be the new trend with these NFL quarterbacks. Yeah, he had a full complement of wide receivers with Stephon Diggs. Totally remakes their offense in terms of you're no longer trying to go to John Brown for jump balls. He's, he's a speedster. So is Diggs, but Diggs can pull down the big catches. Diggs had 80, 86 yards on eight catches in his first game with Josh Allen. Josh Allen with this cast, if he plays like that, I know it was the Jets. Okay, so we can temper our expectations a little bit. But if he can complete, like you said, 31 for 46, that's not something that people thought he was going to do out of college. Now, I doubt he's going to throw the ball 46 times very many times this year in a game. I mean, why not? It worked. <laughs> it worked. But again, like I said, it's the Jets. The Jets. 
they just traded away everybody on their team that was good. And then Levy and Bell is doing whatever Levy on Bell does and just not playing football, sitting out, getting in fights with coaches. The Jets are a mess. So I applaud Josh for his great game. Absolutely incredible performance. He's got the Miami Dolphins this weekend. So he's really just taken over the Tom Brady playbook of beating up on the crummy, crummy AFC East. He can do that. You got the Jets. You got Fitzmagic. Fitzmagic was just horrendous against New England. So it'll be interesting to see what he can do against Buffalo's defense with a fuller complement of players. New England had a bunch of guys opt out due to COVID concerns. Any other Wyoming performances from the NFL stand out to you? I know I watched the entire Bengals game, and Logan Wilson only had two tackles, but he was all over the field, and he made some great plays containing the return game and special teams. So it was cool to see him out there. Yeah, and talking about Josh, I know you were surprised about his interceptions. He hasn't thrown an interception since before last year's bye for the Bills. And I think their bye was in like week 11 or something. So he finished the season pretty good, hanging on to the ball. I know he did fumble, but he's making smarter decisions, it looks like. Um, yeah, man, you touched it on Dewey. Got that interception. Uh, Hollister. You and I were texting, and uh, Hollister had a couple of snags there. Hollister's brother as well, getting some PT there for the Titans on Monday night. But, yeah, David, you know, Logan, he was – what you know, one thing everyone knows he did really well was draw back in coverage, and he was doing a really nice job of that again. And doesn't look like he's missing a beat, and he's catching up to that NFL speed pretty quick. Yeah, shout out. Can't believe – I forgot to mention Jacob Hollister, my favorite player on my least favorite team, the Seattle Seahawks. He had a catch. And then his brother was actually getting some snaps in with the Titans against the Broncos on Monday. So shout out to the Hollister boys. Good on them. Good on Jacob to break through in a very crowded tight end room in Seattle. They're playing four tight. They got four active tight ends on the roster. Hopefully Jacob stays healthy because it's hard to bet on Greg Olson and Will Disley staying healthy. So hopefully he can continue getting on the field for those guys and keep making magic with Russ. Moving from Hollister, a former tight end at the University of Wyoming, to a tight end at Cheyenne Central, Brock Storbo is our guest this week. He caught the game-winning touchdown for Central last week, and his twin brother is also a tight end, not too dissimilar from the Hollister boys. So we're going to talk to him about everything going on with Cheyenne Central High School football, the crowded Cheyenne High School football scene this season. A lot of good teams, a lot of good players there this year. And what's it like playing high school football right now with COVID and everything that's transpiring. So hope you guys enjoy this interview. And after that, we'll wrap it up with some Broncos thoughts. All right. It's a very special treat on the YO sports podcast here. We are joined by Cheyenne central tight end who caught a game winning touchdown last week, 
to beat Sheridan, Brock Storbo. Brock, how are you doing today? I'm doing good. Thanks for having me. Really happy to have you. Let's start with that touchdown last week. When you guys lined up, did you think you were going to get the ball? Um. Well, Andrew had been uh, drawing a lot of coverage over the top, and uh, Coach Gay called four verts, which, I mean, I was excited. I, I knew we were going to take a shot to the end zone, and uh, they had an outside linebacker uh, kind of shaded over the inside, and he, he flew in, and uh, I kind of cut it back in, and obviously ball got to me, and uh, I didn't really expect me to – or for me to get the ball just because, you know, like my odds, obviously I have a 25% chance of getting the ball. But, I mean, I was I was ready to get the ball, and uh, obviously it came to me, but I would have been comfortable with anybody doing it. And I think uh, any of our guys would have made that play. So, I mean, it was cool for it to be me, but, yeah, it was – I mean, it was awesome, obviously, a huge touchdown. But, yeah, it was it was pretty sweet and, you know, just glad to come during – or come out during crunch time and all that. So, uh, yeah, it was pretty sweet. I know when you make a play like that, you win a high school football game for your school. How do you celebrate after a win like that? Oh, it was it was pretty crazy in the locker room. You know, it, uh, I went on, or we ended up going up to Montana for a college visit, and uh, I was I was pretty jittery till about Billings, which is two and a half hours. So it it took me a while to kind of relax and settle down. But uh, yeah, it, I, it was crazy. You know, on the sideline, everybody's cheering, and obviously we still had to. Um, you know, make a play on defense to, um, you know, ice the game and make sure we did win it. But on the sideline, you know, obviously with four minutes left, we're thinking, oh, shoot, we're down two two possessions. And, uh, you know, Sheridan's got a good defense. Uh, they aren't going to really – or they aren't going to want to fold easily. And obviously we put in two quick scores. And after the game, you know, it's just kind of cool to see, uh, you know, results from what we do on the practice field, uh, onto the game field. And, you know, beating Sheridan is obviously a tough thing to do. And uh, we all knew that that's big for the school, big for this program, and, you know, big for ourselves. So um, it was just, like, big celebration between ourselves. And, you know, uh, there was a lot of buzz around the school um, because, obviously, we hadn't done that in a while. And, you know, um, people are just excited about Central Football, and I think that's something that hasn't been present for a while. And uh, it's, it's good to be uh, part of that. You said you were up checking out college in Montana. What school were you were you visiting? Uh, I was up at Montana Tech in Butte, and I know you were drawing some interest from Wyoming. What other schools are kind of interested in you right now? Um, obviously Montana Tech, um, Chattern State, um, Montana State a little bit. Obviously, like you said, Wyoming, and then Mayville State. I have an offer from there in North Dakota. And then um, Minot State is showing, obviously, uh, our, our old quarterback, Austin McCleary, is there. So they've shown some uh, pretty good interest. But, you know, just kind of playing like it patient and, you know, seeing who who's interested and, you know, who, who I like the most. And obviously right now it's hard to get on campus with COVID and all that. So uh, it's kind of hard in the recruiting world. But, um, you know, just doing what I can. And, uh, you know, I'm thankful for everybody that's looking at me. And uh, definitely nobody's out of the picture yet and uh, just keeping my options open. You go on the road and you beat the number one team in the state and you score the game-winning touchdown. Just kind of what kind of confidence does this give – does that give not only you but the team as a whole going forward, especially Um, this week? 
yeah, obviously, uh, it gives us a ton. I think, uh, you know, beating a team like Sheridan and even Natona week one, uh, it just kind of showed us that we can, we can play with people. You know, last year um, in the semifinals, Sheridan beat us by 30, and we got beat by 40 last year uh, by Thunder Basin. And uh, it's good to bounce back this year early in the year and, uh, you know, prove that we can compete with those top dogs like Sheridan and Natrona in East and all those guys. And, uh, you know, I think that brings us confidence into um, this week because obviously Thunder Basin is going to be just as um, just as a tough competitor as Sheridan. And, uh, you know, they um, they mirror us a lot. They have two tight ends. They have a great running back, good defense. Um, so, you know, I think just coming in with that confidence and, you know, um, I think the two wins that we have, or three wins, I guess, um, but two on the road, um, that gives us a lot of confidence. And, you know, we play it up this week at home. So I think uh, there's going to be a good atmosphere and uh, having that confidence of knowing we can play with everybody is going to be big for us this week. How nice is it to kind of get these tough games out of the way early on in the season? Oh, um, I, I love it personally. It, it challenges or it challenges us uh, at the beginning of the year, obviously. And uh, it shows growth because what Coach A has been saying all week uh, this week is um, this is going to be a big test for us because a team like Kelly Walsh is going to be a team we're going to have to play in the quarterfinals and a team like Sheridan is going to be a team that we play in the semis and a team like Thunder Basin is going to end up being a team we play in the state championship if we get that far. And uh, it just kind of shows us where we're at at the beginning of the year. And uh, at the end of the year, we can kind of reflect and see, you know, um, where we've, where we've grown and, you know, where we have maybe declined and what we need to work on. But, uh, uh, having this early, it obviously gives us time to prepare for, you know, those later weeks and playoffs and all that stuff. So uh, I I personally think it's great. And, uh, you know, obviously, um, you know, it can be hard on a body, but I think, uh, you know, everybody, we have depth everywhere. So I think uh, in the long run, we aren't going to have a ton of problems with injuries and fatigue and all that, hopefully, you know, knock on wood. But uh, for right now, we're, we're, looking good um in that in that perspective what's been the biggest surprise for you this season so far i mean it's a weird season with covid and everything like that so has anything surprised you and if so what um you know obviously i'm i'm thankful to have a season obviously you know a week prior to us having our first game we weren't even sure if we were going to get to play so you know that kind of shocks me um but now that I'm out here and obviously like throughout this or like uh, now that we're with the team and, you know, three weeks into this um, last year, obviously we had a really high powered offense and um, our offense is still like producing this week, but our defense is or this year. I mean, but our defense is, um, is really playing, playing well. They're uh, second in run defense and like third in pass defense. So, uh, and they're getting the job done, and we wouldn't. Obviously, they kept us in the game against Sheridan. I mean, we had the the offense finally found a spark. Four minutes left, and uh, you know that comes with a new quarterback and Andy, and I think he's uh, really starting to settle in, which is going to be exciting. And um, obviously, our defense, but that's our defense is what has really surprised. Not really surprised me because I knew we had the guys, but um, you know the level they're playing at so early in the season is, is really, uh, impressing me. So I was talking, uh, with Jeremiah and I was saying that 
reading through your guys' quotes and stuff, it seems like you guys just have, I mean, so much great team chemistry. And then I see a picture on Twitter today of you guys uh, all playing on the Seminoles in like fifth or sixth grade. Just how huge is your guys' team chemistry to your success so far? Uh, yeah, it's been big, obviously. Uh, with the new quarterback um, and uh, a new tackle, Colin Umali, uh, it's kind of been, we, I mean, w- especially with the quarterback, it's, it's hard for a new kid to, you know, settle in and, you know, find friends and all that stuff, but uh, they both fit in well. And I think that that comes with, uh, you know, 10 returning um, offensive starters. And, you know, like you said, we've been playing together for, yeah, since fourth, fifth grade. And uh, that's huge because, you know, he, he can trust, I, I think he trusts that, we all know what we're doing and that he can just kind of, you know, um, just kind of do his thing. And, uh, you know, he trusts our line. Our line obviously isn't huge, but their chemistry is great. And, uh, you know, Andrew and Nathaniel and Brady and I, obviously, uh, I think that we're a receiving core that he's starting to trust now and he's starting to trust in that offense. Um, And I think that in these next few weeks, you're really going to be able to see uh, the growth with them and uh i think that all comes with chemistry and just you know um getting closer with the guys and uh i think that uh we've shown growth every week but we haven't shown our full potential and you know hopefully that we start to peak at the right time in the playoffs and uh but yeah i think uh team chemistry especially at the beginning of the year has been huge for us speaking of team chemistry what's it like playing tight end with your twin brother uh, it's unique. Uh, you know, we bought heads sometimes, but I think it's just because we expect the best out of each other. And, you know, we've obviously been together all our lives and we know what we can do and, you know, what our potential is. And, uh, so I think it's, it's definitely cool. It's definitely, a um, like a cool thing to have, but at the end of the day, we're, we're teammates on the field, brothers off the field. And, uh, you know, I love him and, uh, but I'm going to expect, you know, uh, the same out of him as what I expect out of Andrew or what I expect out of Jimmy Koenig. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's definitely cool. And, uh, obviously hopefully it, um, it tricks out the defense, you know, maybe they get a little confused, but, um, yeah, it's, it's cool. I like it. Well, that's awesome. We'll wrap it up here. I know you guys have a big game tomorrow night against Thunder Basin, what are you most looking forward to going into that matchup? Just another competitive game. I'm, uh, I'm glad it's at home because, you know, Sheridan obviously brought energy with their culture and, you know, not just championship football. They brought fans. Their student section was crazy. I couldn't hear anything on the last play, actually. I had to looking at the ball. I couldn't even hear the cadence. But uh, I'm glad that that'll be us. And I think uh, I'm most excited to, you know, just um, – honestly be able to play none of us knew that this was gonna or if our season is even gonna happen and you know it could be called off at any moment so you know just playing like it's our last game because you know it sounds cliche but it could with all this COVID and stuff but I'm, I'm just looking forward to uh you know a competitive game uh just being challenged again seeing where we are and uh you know hopefully coming out with a win well, Brock, we're looking forward to tomorrow night's game and the rest of the season for Cheyenne Central as well. So really appreciate you taking some time with us. 
before game night. Good luck tomorrow. Brock Storbo, everybody. Thank you guys for having me. All right. I hope you guys enjoyed that interview with Cheyenne Central tight end Brock Storbo. He's a stud. Watch for Cheyenne Central and their team this year. I know Robert likes East, but we can still have guys from Cheyenne Central on the podcast. I like everybody, man. There's no animosity here on this podcast. We're going to wrap it up here. It was a brutal loss for the Denver Broncos. They lost 16-14. They couldn't capitalize on Steven Goskowski. Missing, I think, 100 million field goals. I don't think he even made a practice one during halftime. That's how bad he was. He was horrendous. No, he actually only missed three regular field goals and an extra point. But he made the most important field goal when it counted. He kicked in the game winner with less than a minute remaining. When the Titans offense stalled out and for some reason Vic Fangio I don't know if his brain stalled out or what the deal was. My biggest criticism is, why aren't you calling a timeout? Why? What was the... what? what you had three? You could have used them. You could have used them. You're, they kick a field goal. You're only down two. You, uh, unbelievable sequence of events if you're a Denver Broncos fan. I was throwing paper towels everywhere. (laughs) I'm just kidding. Uh, Jerry Judy had some drops, which was uncharacteristic of Jerry Judy. I don't think he's dropped a pass since middle school. Nerves. Might have just been a little nervous there. Yeah. You got to chalk that one up to nerves. It's your first NFL game. You're now the offensive receiving savior. Since Cortland Sutton is hurt, it's a Monday night football game. Your friends and family are literally the only ones in the stands. It's like playing in a high school football game in a professional football stadium. So I'll just chalk that one up to nerves. He looked good other than the handful of drops. Also interesting that Noah Fant and Michael Porter Jr. might be, they might be on a group text or something or texting each other back and forth on lines because after the game, Fant was, if you watched, he had an incredible first half, 81 yards receiving in the first half. I don't even think he had a target in the second half. And his quote after the game was, I guess we just decided to take the offense in different directions. Similar to Michael Porter Jr.'s comments about how he essentially needed to get the ball more for the Nuggets to win. And, of course, the Nuggets knocked off the Clippers when the Clippers quit, and they are going on to the Western Conference Finals to face King James. Robert, what are your thoughts? A lot of exciting things going on with Denver professional sports right now with the Nuggets and, of course, the NFL season kicking off. So just give me your your complete thoughts, and then we will wrap up this episode. Really missed Vaughn Miller, man. I'm sad about that still. Everyone is sad. It's crucial, but Chubb looked all right. He could have made more of an impact, Bradley Chubb. Um, both Denver squads have a whole lot of youth and a whole lot of potential. And I just hope that 
they can utilize that potential and hopefully they can grow and they can be great. You know, the Nuggets are looking good, man, and they just are playing together as a team. They're looking good. I just, I don't know. I think they might run out of energy. Back-to-back seven-game series and tough series coming back down three to one. That's just insane. I mean, their ability, I don't know. Talking about the Broncos, though, man, yeah. uh, Injuries, dude, injuries. Like, everybody's getting injured. A.J. Bouye, we need him. Uh, I don't know about Fangio. He's just not meant to be a head coach. He needs to just stick to the defense. I don't know. It's too early for me to say. I I, I can't be judging because he's a better coach than I would ever be. But Drew Locke, though, Drew Locke didn't look too bad. Drew Locke looked all right. Locke would have looked a lot better if Judy had come down with some of those catches. There were a few that were some drive killers, one on third down in particular, that just crushed your soul as a fan. Yeah, that that would have been a dagger there, almost a dagger first down right there. But Locke was kind of just sailing the ball over people's heads, per usual. He'll get there. Broncos will get there. Locke of season left to play a lot more opportunities to dissect Vic Fangio and his worthlessness as a head coach for the Denver Broncos. We'll be back next week. New episode covering all the high school football stuff happening in Wyoming. Maybe Wyoming university of Wyoming is back. They're practicing again. We've got football again. Who knows? We shall see For the month of October, we have something pretty special planned. We're going to talk to a bunch of University of Wyoming rivals from basketball and football schools that Wyoming has gone up against over the years. We had initially planned that because we didn't think there would be any football this fall season, so wanted to get those guys on the pod, but maybe we'll have both that to talk about and those interviews to share with you. I know this week was supposed to be the game that Wyoming went up, hosted University of Utah, and that's not happening, of course. But during the month of October, we will have University of Utah head coach Kyle Whittingham on the podcast. He will be talking with us about his experiences playing against Wyoming at both BYU as a player and as a head coach at Utah and an assistant and some great stories, great gems in that. So that'll help kick off our rivalry month. That'll be the first Thursday in October. Will that, that episode will come out. So look forward to that one. Look for Robert on Twitter at our Munoz three Oh seven, holding it down for the three Oh seven, as well as myself at Mr. David Graff on Twitter. Shout out to Shakewell for the music. Please continue to rate, review, and subscribe to the pod. I'm loving the numbers. I'm loving all of the engagement that we're getting. It's really great to see this podcast growing. So if you've got a friend that you think might be interested, send him a link. We're on almost every podcasting platform imaginable. I think flip phones might get podcasts now. So if they have a flip phone for some reason, just give them the audio. I don't care. Whatever you got to do. And then if you want to throw us a few shekels, 
click the link in the description. It is always very much appreciated. We will be back next week again. Sorry for the break in the action. A lot of exciting things coming up on the podcast and hopefully some exciting Wyoming football kicks off very soon. Trying to prove uh, uh, who you want to impress now, baby. I see you think you got moved so smooth, but you do not have what it takes to pass this test. So you better forget everything you know. It's I am. This is no official Shout out any suggestions, baby